podcast, a podcast about music, health, wellness, and activism that will help you to find balance between life as a musician and self-care through health and wellness. I'm your host, Jazzy Piggott, a tuba player, composer, certified personal trainer, writer, podcaster, and now teacher based in Baltimore, Maryland. Today I will be discussing navigating the many stressors of the holiday season. So I know this episode is coming out Thanksgiving. My apologies for not having this advice out sooner for that holiday, but uh, we have the December holidays and New Year's to still navigate. And while the holidays are generally a happy occasion as you're celebrating and seeing family, they can also bring about a number of stressors that aren't often talked about. The biggest four for me are food, family, COVID, and maintaining practicing motivation. And because I can relate to that, that's what I will be focusing on this episode. If you do have any other stressors, let me know and I can do a part two to this episode at some point. So the first area is food. If you're like me and you've struggled with weight or a diet in the past, then food around the holidays may be an issue for you. Holidays are built around food and oftentimes the food is not what should be a part of your regular diet because there are very indulgent desserts and then not-so-health-conscious dishes like mac and cheese and fried stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of food. I don't tend to eat it, but hey, it's there. And then it's often expected that we stuff ourselves until we can't eat anymore, and then even eat things that we don't like because we don't want to offend our family members. You know, grandma seeing you not eat her casserole, She's probably going to have an issue like, why don't you take some of that? And then you have to try to deal with that, even if you don't really like it, which is something annoying to navigate. So here are my five tips for navigating food stress. Tip number one, don't broadcast that you're on a diet or watching your diet. While this might seem like the thing to do, because then you explain why you're not eating, this can really backfire on you. Because oftentimes, people get offended when you say you're on a diet because that assumes that you have a problem with what they're eating, even though that might not necessarily be the case. So because people get defensive with that judgment, people might start to contest you if you do say, oh, I'm on a diet, and then they'll be like, why are you on a diet? What do you think you need to do? And then they can also start doing the opposite, where they start following you around like a hawk to make sure you're actually adhering to the diet you say you're adhering to. And then if you do want to have a cookie and break your diet, something happens and then the family member's like, excuse me, didn't you say you were on a diet? So don't broadcast that you're on a diet or watching what you eat. As much as you really want to do, that's not the best thing to do. So if somebody is asking you why you're not eating something or... What's going on? Just say, oh, I'm not really in the mood. I ate before I got here. Things like that. Just try to find ways to make excuses without saying that you have some sort of dietary restriction going on. Unless you actually have an allergy. Allergies are okay to talk about. Or if you're vegetarian or vegan. But things like keto or low-calorie approaches should not be addressed. Tip number two. Take a little bit of everything and then only go back for more of what you like. 
I learned this from my nutritionist two years ago about how to avoid offending people and to figure out what you actually want on the Thanksgiving plate. The best thing to do is to actually take a little bit of something. So maybe take half a spoon of mac and cheese, a little bit of broccoli, some of the pasta. I know I just mentioned two types of pasta. It's okay. But take a little bit of everything and then try it out. Because let's say you get like a whole plate full of this really nice looking casserole and then you take a bite and you hate it. Then you have a whole plate of this casserole that you need to figure out what to do with without offending anybody. Whereas if you just took a little bit to see if you liked it and then you really liked it, then you can go up and get seconds. So just take a little bit of everything, see what you like, and then only go back for the things that you do like. This will also keep your portion control in check because you are only getting a little bit of things. And then you're not offending anybody because you are trying a bit of everything. So your aunt might not be offended because you're not taking her food. Three, in the holiday season, avoid indulging too much on non-holidays. This is really important because holidays bring about kind of the worst in people in regards to food because there's just so much good stuff around holidays. Like it's pumpkin spice season still, I think. I mean, okay, in my eyes, it's still pumpkin spice season and I love pumpkin spice. No shame around it, even though I'm black. But there's all these great things, candy canes, Christmas themed candies. I know I bought a huge bag of Kit Kats the other day because they were gingerbread flavored and they're so good. And then you also have little events like seeing friends and family that you haven't seen in a while outside of the holidays. So you might be going out to eat more often. You might also be stressed with school so you don't have time to cook as much. So there's all these reasons that you might want to eat more in the holiday season and you need to make sure you don't do that. Save the holidays for those days that you go off the rails. You do whatever you want. Like it's your Christmas party. You get all the food and just enjoy yourself. But if it's December 26th, that means it's not Christmas anymore, unfortunately. So you shouldn't still be getting away with eating like three slices of cake because it was leftovers. No, at that point, it's just cake. It's not like your Christmas party cake anymore. So be very strategic with how you indulge around the holidays and make sure you're taking advantage of the holidays for the holidays so you can eat what you want, but you don't want to have holiday weight gain. I think they say the average American gains around 10 pounds every single holiday season. And this can easily be avoided if you just keep the two holiday days as those days to indulge rather than every other day surrounding the holidays. Tip number four, don't go to parties hungry or starved. This kind of goes back to number two. It's another way to control your, your portion control and your appetite. When you're hungry, you tend to eat anything in sight and everything in sight because you don't want to be hangry. Now, I mentioned this in my nutrition episode which was episode 13, about how hunger means your body is really, really just fighting for some food. So if you go to a party hungry, you're going to eat everything. So the best thing you can do is to have a snack before going out the door or even have a mini meal. So that means you've taken the edge off and then you can go. So you can just appropriately fill yourself, not necessarily overeat in your hunger, 
but just eat enough to enjoy yourself without getting too sick. And five, just make sure you make smart choices, but then truly enjoy yourself. That's what the holidays are about, because you can continue your diet tomorrow. If food and diet is an issue for you when you're currently trying to lose weight or something and you are restricting yourself in some way, then most of the time you are probably restricting your food intake by cutting things out or avoiding certain restaurants and things like that. But it's the holiday season. And while you don't want to gain weight by overeating, you still don't want to suffer because you're under eating or you're not actually enjoying the holidays because you're only eating broccoli when there's like a really good mac and cheese sitting right there. Use the day to take a break from your diet and just be a normal person for once. It's okay. You're going to get back on track the next day. I mean, just go back to point number three about avoiding indulging on non-holidays and you'll be okay. Because you want to enjoy yourself on the holiday itself without feeling stressed out about food and being concerned about weight gain. So don't. Just take the day off from your diet. You'll be okay. It takes approximately 3,500 additional calories to what you consume as maintenance in order to gain a pound of fat. I believe the average American consumes around somewhere like 5,000 calories that day. And given about 2,000 calories is the estimate, that's about maybe one pound that you're consuming extra. However, that's given you're not moving around at all during the day. So there's no way you're going to gain five pounds from one day of bad eating. If you look at the scale the next day and you see the weight has gone up, that's water weight. I promise you. It's a result of your body retaining fluid due to eating too many carbs and too much sodium. So that's why it appears to be like you gain five pounds in a day, but that's actually not physically possible unless you really ate like 10,000 calories, but I don't think you're doing that, hopefully. So just take the time this holiday season to truly enjoy yourself food-wise. Now the next stressor is family. Family can be stressful for many reasons despite them being your family. I know for me it's Well, people want to give me unsolicited comments about my appearance. And then there's politics that people like to talk about because some people still aren't over their homophobia, even though it's 2021, nearly 2022. Is homophobia politics or is that like racism? It shouldn't be politics, okay? This is just human lives. So yeah, people bringing up stupid stuff that they shouldn't be talking about and having these opinions. Now, like, let's say you're closeted. That's going to hurt. And it's not going to be fun. And then if you are somebody like me where you do, you did come from being really heavy and then now you lost the weight. Now people are teasing you because you're thin after teasing you because you were fat for so many years. It's a very toxic situation to be around. And it's very stressful if you're not really equipped to deal with that. So tip number one for navigating stressful family situations. Don't respond to negative comments about your appearance. Now, we all have one family member who does this. For me, it's my grandmother. She just comes up and says whatever's on her head about how I look that day. 
And sometimes it might be a compliment, but then other times it's like a backhanded compliment. Like, wow, I used to like you when you were like 10 pounds heavier. What happened? Or, man, you should gain some weight. Or even when I was fat. Wow, why are you so fat? There's all these comments about your appearance you get. And the best thing to do is to not respond to them. Because if you don't respond, you're not entertaining them. You're showing them that you don't really care what they think. And you're letting yourself move on with the rest of the night. Because otherwise you'll let that comment get to you and then it could spoil everything that's happening in the day. So just don't respond to any of those comments. Just either walk away or say, oh, I have to go get something else. Just find some sort of way to dodge the comment and not bring it up again. Tip number two, avoid topics that could generate conflict. If you're in a family where not everybody is a Democrat, then you're going to probably want to stay away from politics because if you bring up politics at the dinner table, you're going to have half of them fighting each other. So by avoiding these conversations altogether, you are making sure you don't have to have those difficult conversations where you offend your grandmother and somebody gets into a fist fight because you said something about Donald Trump and they didn't really appreciate that. So even though most times you would like to still have the conversation and try to work things out, because it's your family, you can't have that opportunity. You just need to accept it because you need to accept your family for who they are, whatever they bring to the table. And then letting them have their opinions, even though you can work on them over time, you just need to let it happen in the moment because you're not going to change anybody's opinion. The only person who can change their opinion is themselves. So avoid those topics that are going to start a conflict. And tip number three, similarly, is to choose your battles wisely. Do you really want to start a feud with your cousin? Because you could, you could have that intense debate, but is it worth it? Now, sometimes it is worth it, like for anti-racism, for instance. You don't want people saying things that are racist. You don't want people saying things that are homophobic. People should not get away with that because, again, it's 2021. We should know how to treat people like people. But things that are avoidable, make sure you decide whether or not that's a battle you want to face. Is this a battle that you want to risk not talking to you, your, your step-uncle, for the next few months over? Think very carefully because, like, unlike friends, you can't choose your family. You're kind of stuck with them. So they're not going anywhere. So if you start a feud and something happens and then you like split the family in half and now you have a whole weird family dynamic where nobody can talk to each other without fighting because you decided to state your opinion and start an argument about something that wasn't really that important, you're probably going to regret that. So then just remember to choose your battles wisely. Decide the topics that you deem are important enough to argue and debate, and then don't go beyond those. Tip four, look for other family members for support. So let's say you do decide to take a battle on. Somebody said something homophobic, so you decide to start arguing with them about it. The best thing to do in that situation is to find other family members who agree with you and help them have them help you 
to reduce the conflict. Because when you're fighting alone, it's very difficult. So that's how it is with conflict. In general, finding family members to support you means having people that know what's going on inside your personal life. So some support could be if you know you are going to struggle with like weight comments, telling your mom or your brother that, hey, um, I'm expecting my grandmother to say some comments about my weight. I could really use your support just so somebody knows what's going on and what you're expecting and then they could be there to help you when the situation happens. Because your family's your family and you have to love them because, I mean, they're not, they're not going anywhere. There's no way to make your family not your family. So if you can find some support in them, it's definitely a better situation than to feel like you're alone on the whole battlefield facing other family members alone. And then five, just remember that in the end of the day, they are your family. And like I just said, you can't get rid of a family member, they're stuck with you. But family in general is meant to be supportive because, I mean, you're all related, you all should be on each other's sides, each other's teams. So enjoy what little they do have to offer sometimes as far as companionship and agreeability and just spend the time enjoying who they are as people, the fact that you get to spend time with these people that you probably only see this time of the year. Because that is a good experience, even if there are some negative things. Because you can overlook those negative things sometimes, and it is comforting to have your family around for a few days. Stressor number three, we got COVID. Yes, we are still in the middle of the pandemic, even though we have a vaccine, and things kind of seem like they're normal. We now got the Omicron variant out there that's threatening to destroy everything, even some more. Um, yeah, but yeah, vaccines are still a thing. There's still a chance of transmission. I'm going to do a whole episode on this and actually interview my dad in the future if he lets me because he is the health commissioner for Suffolk County and he knows a lot more about this than I do. So just a brief overview. I only have three tips for navigating COVID. So tip one is to set boundaries for your comfort level. If you're not comfortable unmasking in somebody's house because there's a bunch of people who might be unvaccinated or you don't know what your family members have been doing, then don't. Just keep your mask on when you're not eating or maybe even get like a, a slitted mask like us brass players have to use for playing at Peabody for some reason and eat your food through that because, you know, it's not like you're breathing through the hole or anything. But, um... Yeah, so set boundaries on your comfort level. Decide what you're comfortable doing. Don't do anything you're not comfortable doing because you want to be secure the whole time. A holiday is not fun if you feel threatened or at risk. Tip two, get vaccinated if you have not been vaccinated yet. At this point, really the only thing in life that is free is the COVID-19 vaccine. Literally. So please, go get it if you haven't gotten it. I overcame my needle phobia in order to get this vaccine, which was really difficult. And it was something I never thought I'd be able to do, but here I did it because I knew that this vaccine was 
when I needed to get back to daily life. There are so many restrictions that are coming about. You can't go see a concert without vaccine proof of vaccination anymore. So if you still aren't vaccinated for whatever reason, please, 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 please just go and do that because you reduce your risk of severe infection, your risk of hospitalization, risk of death, all of these things, even your risk of transmission. Yes, people who are vaccinated still get COVID, but they get it less severely and then there's less chances for complications. We still have thousands or a thousand Americans dying every single day from this disease and majority of them are unvaccinated people. So that could have been preventable. And then tip three. If you do catch COVID, it probably won't be the end of the world. If you're not immunocompromised, if you're vaccinated, it probably won't be that bad. It'll be like a cold. Yeah, it'll suck. You might have to deal with some social repercussions, but you're going to get over it in an about two weeks, and then you'll be fine, and you'll move on with your life, and then you can say, yeah, I had COVID. I was in the majority of Americans who did contract that virus. So if you do contract the virus this season, maybe it was worth it because you got out to see your family. You never know when it's going to be your last Christmas with your grandparents, unfortunately. So it could have totally been worth it to contract a small virus if you were vaccinated in order to see these people you might not see again. And then struggle or stumbling block or whatever I call it. Oh, stressors. I call them stressors. Okay, so stressor number four, the final stressor, is having a lack of motivation, uh, especially for practicing. So with the semester over and juries and recitals are done, there may no longer be a goal to keep up your practicing. And then the same thing goes with exercise because it might be super cold. In Baltimore, it's actually in the 50s, and I'm really appreciating that. But uh, if you're in Michigan, it's about the 20s right now, and running in the 20s is miserable. So you might have very limited motivation to practice or to go outside or to do any sort of exercise. Or you may just be simply drained because you've been going really hard since August and now things have finally slowed down. So why are you taking, why aren't you taking that time off? So in addition to heading back to episode two about motivation, here are some tips for navigating a lack of motivation, especially during the holiday season and in regards to practicing. So tip number one is to actually take a few days off. In a couple weeks, I will be getting to a whole episode on burnout and relaxation and rest. So in this episode, I will definitely go more into detail about that. But one of the best things you can do when you're feeling tired and stressed out and burnt out is to actually just take time off. Because maybe you do need that mental time off in order to bring about the clarity that you need to continue to be your best. There's no shame in taking a couple days off. The shame is when you feel guilty about taking those days off or you didn't intend to take those days off and then they happen to come off. If you are planning on taking days off and you know you're going to take the days off, there is no shame in that. Two, try to focus on consistency goals and small process-oriented goals rather than larger ones. 
So when you have just finished a recital or a jury, the natural thing is to kind of fall off the face of the earth in regards to playing your instrument because, yeah, you hit your biggest goal. But, you know, you're still not a perfect player and you still have things to work out in the practice room. So go to the smaller goals. Are you able to play a lip slur at quarter note equals 150 this time, as opposed to last week where it was 120? That's definitely a smaller goal that you can achieve over these few weeks when you have really nothing you're working on. And then if this is for exercise, a consistency goal might be just making sure you get outside to go on a run at least three times a week. Or if it's too cold to go on a run, that you run on the treadmill or you lift weights or do something like that. So find ways to just be consistent rather than focus on the next giant thing you need to achieve. Tip number three, remember your why. Remember why you're practicing, why you're a musician, why you're working out, why you're doing everything you're doing. Because odds are you have a larger purpose in it. You're not just doing it to play recitals or to play your degree recitals, sorry. You want to be a performing musician in the future to do something for somebody. So remember this, and it will make it a lot easier for you to continue to walk in that purpose and to continue your practicing because you are looking at that goal in the future. You know that this recital was just a small step in the way to becoming a touring musician. So you're going to keep on practicing because you're going to want to be a touring musician, not just because you completed that recital. Tip number four, don't beat yourself up over things. Yeah, you you just completed a big goal, probably. You just got through the end of the semester where things are literally hell for like the last three weeks. So don't beat yourself up. It's okay to take time off. It's okay if you don't sound great because, you know, you're exhausted. So if you are not practicing or things aren't coming out the way they did a few weeks ago, or you accidentally take a few days off because you got stressed out with holiday stuff and figuring out your family, don't beat yourself up over it because that's the worst thing you can do. So just accept that these things are happening and that you'll get back on track later. This is very similar to having a growth mindset because you're focused on what the future is going to bring, not what the circumstance is. So if you missed those growth mindset episodes, episode 20 and 21, please go check those out. And tip number five, seek out a new goal if you are destination oriented. So that may be recitals, compositions, competitions, lessons with other professors, other things like that. Or if you are an exerciser, maybe doing a 5K or something. Because, yes, you don't want to rely too much on goals where you're only doing things to get from one goal to the next goal. But goals are very helpful for a lot of people. If you know your four tendencies from Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies, you can find out your tendency from GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. Then you might actually benefit more from having something on the schedule to keep you accountable because some people respond to outer accountability and some people respond to inner accountability. Some people respond to both. Some people don't respond to either. So if you are somebody who responds to outer accountability, having that goal on the calendar is necessary or having that class to go to. Even signing up for a class to go to, that keeps you accountable. Just find something that you're going to get a level of accountability for, that you're going to feel you can't 
stop practicing because if you stop practicing, this is going to suffer or you're not going to make it as far in this thing as you would like to. So seek out a new goal, find something new to work towards. And then, like I said, consistency goals are also very valuable too. If you don't want to start working towards another massive goal, like you were in the few weeks prior. So that was um, a normal length episode, I guess. My last few episodes have been very, very long. I think just because I started to get more comfortable with talking. But these are generally the goal is around half an hour. Those ones are about 45 minutes to 50 minutes. This one is around half an hour. So hooray, I did this and I'm saving your time. So please go enjoy the rest of your day just for me. So I hope these four stressors are things you can relate to, and I hope some of the tips and suggestions that I have provided are beneficial to you in navigating them. If you do have other stressors you want me to address or other tips you have for these stressors, please let me know. You can find me on social media as covered in the outro, or you can send me an email at piggitjasmine at gmail.com. That is one G and two T's. So please don't hesitate to reach out. I will respond to you if you do reach out to me. And I do appreciate it when people reach out because then that means I have less thinking to do for future episodes. And right now I know who two of my listeners are because they are my good friends. Uh, And I don't know who the other like 15 of you are. So it would be nice if I knew who the other 15 listeners were. So please just let me know if you're listening to the show because I would like to get to know who my listeners are, because that would be very appreciated. So I just know who my audience is. So anyway, I'm going to move on to roses, buds, and thorns this week. So this is a segment I do to cultivate a level of authenticity because I am not perfect. And then even when things aren't going perfect, there are some things that are going great in my life, and I need to find ways to accept that. I would like to encourage you all to each come up with a rose, bud, and thorn each week. So you acknowledge things that aren't going great, but you also acknowledge the things that you can be grateful for in your day. Gratitude is very important to cultivate, and I think everybody can benefit from a gratitude practice daily. So a thorn is something that went wrong, a bud is something I'm looking forward to, and a rose is something that went well. So for this week, uh, my thorn, other than the fact that it is again... Wednesday morning, December 8th, when this episode is supposed to come out December 9th, um, my thorn is that I have been very off my sleep schedule and my exercise routine because I procrastinated on this paper and that's all I've been doing for the last few days. So that's really thrown me off. I mean, I also have a recital in a few days and I know I have to taper my exercise before my recital or my playing suffers for some reason. So I understand it, but I just still feel bad about it, especially for the sleep part, because I'm I'm very exhausted right now. I'm like on five hours of sleep because I went to bed late and then I wake up really early to record these on Wednesday mornings. But um, yeah, so that's my thorn. I've been very off literally everything because of this, but the paper's done now and I can move past it and then my recitals in two days. So that'll be over, and then I can actually breathe and work on some other music that I need to work on for January. 
So my rose is that I finished that paper. And I know last week, because I recorded that like a few weeks in advance and I knew I was going to procrastinate, that paper was my thorn. Well, this week it's my rose because I finished it and submitted it yesterday before the deadline because he extended it a week and I knew that I wanted it done before Friday, so I did it by Tuesday. And it's done. I can breathe. I can see clearly now. I can actually focus on my recital. Things are great. I still have something else to work on for that class, but just the fact that the final paper is out of the way is just very, very exciting. It's something to celebrate. I'm trying to decide if I want to celebrate my success along with the rest of my success after my recital this weekend, or if I'm going to do something special today. Maybe it's something small. I don't know. But uh, celebrating successes is important. I believe that was episode 17, where I talked about celebrating successes and how important that is. So go check out 17 if you don't understand why I'm talking about celebrating my success. And then finally, my bud this week is again my recital that is December 10th which is Friday today's Wednesday so when this comes out tomorrow November de- December 9th you are going to be hopefully visiting my recital tomorrow um so yes I am very excited for this recital I'm also excited that my parents are coming up and my friends coming up and I'm going to have a great weekend that way just spending time with people After this recital, I don't have anything to think about work-wise. Well, I mean, school-wise. So it'll be really nice to just have a few days where I can just exist without panicking about not completing an assignment or not practicing religiously. Because I really need that right now. Because I'm kind of a walking ball of anxiety because there's been a lot of stress surrounding this recital. So I'm very, very much looking forward to being done with the recital on Friday. It'll be great. Uh, Please tune in if you are listening to this on the 9th. If you are listening to it later, then you can probably find it archived. I need to figure that out because the school is weird and I don't know how to access anything. But yeah, so you can find the event on my Facebook page, Jasmine Piggott on Facebook or at the Jazzy Tubist and... You will be able to watch it there, 6.30 p.m. EST, EDT, EST. It's some sort of Eastern time. I don't know which time it is in the year, but okay, one of the Eastern times at 6.30, December 10th. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said earlier, please, please, please reach out to me. Let me know if you have episode suggestions, any comments things you want me to talk about. I guess I just said that. But I really appreciate hearing from my listeners. So if that's you, I'm talking to you right now. Find a way to contact me. I really appreciate it. Also, this holiday season, a really cool thing you can do is you can gift a friend or a family member a podcast by telling them nice podcasts to listen to. I know Gretchen Rubin has some worksheets on her website where you can do this in a formal way, like a stocking stuffer. You write down some podcasts you want to give them. So if you're doing that, you might want to suggest that this one come up for them, because this is a good one, I think. And it would be very helpful if you did tell other people to listen, because then we get more listeners and we can grow exponentially from our 20 listeners to 40 listeners, then to 80 listeners and 160 listeners. And yes, exponential growth would be incredible, because 
again, this podcast has a lot of potential. I would like to bring on more guests, which is easier when I have more listeners because I people can then justify the usage of their time. So again, please like, please share, please subscribe, just do anything, get the word out there, and then also enjoy your week and your holiday season. I know I'll see you next week talking about either burnout or rest. I need to figure out which one. It's one of the two. But I will be talking about that next week. So I will see you then. So have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Harmony and Healing. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Harmony and Healing Podcast. And you can find me personally at The Jazzy Tubist on both Facebook and Instagram. And at my website, jasminepiggit.com. I'll see you next Thursday.